At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. This episode is sponsored by photographycourse.net. Our 365 Days of Photography course is now live. This is an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a photographer. My teammate, Kevin LJ, has produced this course in a step-by-step format, which is very easy to follow. He presents it in bite-sized lessons, each with a practical challenge. You'll learn and practice a new aspect of photography every single day. If you've been wondering how you can improve your photography without having to commit time to long lessons, this is the course for you. We've designed each lesson to be around five minutes long, and you can spend as much time on the challenges as you like. There's also a friendly forum where you can share the photos you take and get constructive feedback from others on the course. Kevin's professional photography experience is extensive. He covers not only photography essentials, but also many genres of photography throughout the course. You will learn far more about photography than simply how to use your camera. For our listeners, we are offering a very special discounted price of $99 instead of the launch price, which is $149. The final price will soon be $365, so make sure to take advantage of this great deal today. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com slash 365 to claim your discount. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I talk to Emma Pouncey, whom I've known for many years. She photographs all kinds of things very beautifully and also knows a lot about marketing. We talk about her travel photography, how she takes sharp photos of animals, and much more. Please enjoy. Hey, Emma. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself. Hi, Taya. Thanks so much for having me. So um, my name is Emma, and I currently live in Denmark in Copenhagen. So I have quite a multicultural background. My mom is Danish and my dad is English, but I'm born and brought up in Belgium, so I speak a handful of languages, and I currently work in marketing for a small company that sells shoes. And um, I'm responsible for the marketing and the content production, social media, which is really, really fun. 
but I don't think I would ever claim to be a shoe photographer. Like, um, yeah, I definitely prefer food photography. That is what I would claim to the speciality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. And I like that you have this very diverse background. I'm sure that's provided you with a lot of inspiration for your photography, right? Yeah, definitely. I've always loved sort of traveling and and I think also my like my passion for food and stuff definitely comes from my love for different cultures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for me too. Whenever I visit a new place, it's always very inspiring for me and great for my creativity. So I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. What, what camera equipment do you use? I've always used Canon equipment. Right mm-hmm. now I use a, a Canon 60D, which I got for my 18th birthday almost nine years ago, mm-hmm. which seems crazy that that was already nine years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I primarily use two different lenses. My favorite is actually my dad's old Pentax lens, which I use with a Canon adapter. Mm-hmm. And it's a uh, 50 millimeter 1.7 lens. And it's almost 40 years old, which is yeah. also crazy. But it works better than any other lens I've ever tried. But it is super manual. So that was that's definitely something that you need to get the hang of. And I recently invested in a 24 millimeter lens. And I can't believe that I haven't invested in that earlier. It's just, it's an amazing lens with a 1.4 aperture. And mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing for so many different types of photography. So those are the two that I go to whenever I need to go out and shoot some photos. Yeah, that's amazing. I like that you use equipment that's not super expensive and that's been out for a while. Uh, I think it's very uptaking for people because a lot of people when... I mean, the high, the quality of your work, it's very high quality work and it's beautiful. And immediately you would assume that you have the latest equipment. So I think for a lot of people, it's a good reminder that you don't need to have, you know, the, the most expensive cameras. to Definitely. Take. Definitely. Mm-hmm. You take beautiful photos of everything. So you are part of a shoe company and you also mentioned that you like to specialize in food photography. And I've been familiar with your portfolio for quite some time and I've seen your beautiful photographs. You have beautifully photographed animals, landscapes, people, and much more. I think it's something a lot of people strive to achieve in their work because it gives them more opportunities, right? And for me and my personal work too, it's helped me a lot to have a portfolio with different kinds of subjects. Do you have any tips for keeping your portfolio professional and diverse at the same time? Well, I think one of the reasons that I managed to keep my portfolio and my photos so diverse is that I I learned to take photos in a really low pressure environment where I had time to concentrate on what I wanted to be in focus. And I think I I honestly, my first camera I got when I was like nine or 10 years old. So I don't even think I was conscious of the fact that I was what I was trying to keep in focus. But because I've been taking photos in such a low pressure environment, I've been able to sort of gain an understanding of what I need to demand when I take my photos, whether it's professionally or not. So I think that would be like my number one tip is just give yourself time to learn what you need. And getting the perfect shot really, it takes lots of time in several different ways. Like, as you say, you don't necessarily need the best equipment on the market. And I think that's one mistake that lots of my friends make is that they think that they can learn to be a photographer by just getting the most expensive stuff and the mm-hmm. best stuff that's available. And that's not necessarily true. Like my friends, they couldn't understand why their photos weren't turning out perfect from day one. And they kept investing in more and more expensive equipment. And I think it's way better and it's way more valuable to invest your time in learning how to become a photographer. Like, remind yourself that you're not going to be perfect from the very beginning. You know, if you're learning a new language, you wouldn't expect to be fluent in Italian from your first class. You know, it's, it takes time. 
Exactly. Yeah, that's a great answer. And it's uh, the, the language analogy is perfect for this situation because, yeah, it's, of course, photography isn't really language, but it's still a skill and skills can't be learned in a day or even in a month. You have to be patient. And for me, I think it's, yeah, as you said, it's important to understand what you want to specialize in and take the pressure away from that. Put yourself in situations where you don't really feel like you are being rushed to do anything specific. And that's probably the best way to learn. Yeah, yeah that's good advice. You have a master's degree in intercultural marketing, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It seems like your knowledge of marketing has helped you connect with all sorts of brands for photography. And I feel like photographers, that's something they struggle with a lot. Me too. Where it's, you know, marketing, it's scary. It's a scary word for a lot of, pe a lot of people because, you know, we're just in charge of the creative side of things. We're, we're not always in charge of the professional side of things. So what's something every photographer should know about the business side of things? I really think this is a really interesting question because I think you're completely right. People are sort of put off by the idea of having to advertise themselves, you know, sell themselves, market themselves. And this is definitely something that we in, encounter a lot in, in Denmark, which is we have this term which is called yendelon. I bet you didn't think that you'd have Danish words thrown into this podcast. <laughs> um, and yendelon, which it, it translates to the law of yende. And it boils down to not wanting to flaunt what you have, not showing off and really emphasizing modesty. And I'm, I'm definitely paraphrasing and skipping lots of stuff, but that's what it boils down to. And I do think modesty gets you a long way. And it's really good when you're interacting socially. But there's also a lot to be said about knowing what you're worth, knowing what your strengths are and feeling proud of your accomplishments. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not a fan of this whole Yendalorn. Hmm. And I, I've often done the rather undanish thing, which is to actually point out what I'm good at and, well, indirectly market myself. You know, when when I apply for jobs or or when I want to sell my skills as a photographer, I obviously need to point out what I'm good at. So I would always say there's absolutely no shame in highlighting your strengths. Any company who sells you a product, this is exactly what they do. They highlight what their strength is and they explain to you either directly or indirectly, why it is that you need their product. Mm -hmm. So I think what I would say to aspiring photographers or fellow photographers is that you need to, to think about your skills as a product. Mm -hmm. And to use another analogy, I would say like if you were going out to buy, for example, a pair of shoes, which happens to be what I sell on a daily basis, Yeah. What, what do you look for? Do you need them to be shock absorbent? Do you want them to be made of ethically sourced leather? Or, or just maybe you're just interested in the color or the design. You, you basically need to think that way. What makes you stand out as a photographer? And once you've figured out what makes you stand out, you need to sell that aspect of yourself. And you need to then explain what makes that aspect of yourself indispensable. Mm -hmm. And this is relevant. For, this is like this isn't just photography. You know, this is relevant for anything that you want in life. You need to explain to the person who you're trying to get something out of why you are the person who can give them that. Yeah. And I think this is something that lots of people can learn. And I'm not saying that I am a master at doing this, but essentially that is what marketing is. It's explaining to somebody why you are the best person for the job. Mm -hmm. Yes, I like that approach. And I've been reading an article and books on, on how to treat yourself like a friend. And one of the tips for that was to basically just praise yourself the way you would praise a friend. And yeah. 
what you were saying about modesty or lack thereof in the good sense reminded me of that because I think another approach is to think of yourself as as one of your close friends and think, right, if I were working with a company or I wanted to work with a company, if I were to talk about this friend of mine on their behalf, what would I say? So basically just, you know, hyping yourself up the same way you would a friend. So yeah, I like that. And I don't think it's necessarily a lack of modesty. I think it's just self-respect. And yeah, yeah, and marketing, I think, gives you the ability to present that in the best light. So I like the answer and I like that you you know, you have this good relationship with marketing. I think it's a, a very helpful thing for, for photographers who, maybe not even those who want the big business, just anyone who wants opportunities from different companies. I think it's good to have that, um, to have that skill to be able to market yourself. Yeah. If you had to choose only one photography genre to specialize in, which one would you pick and why? Well, I think I've already indirectly answered that question earlier, but I think, I mean, food photography has always been my one true strength i would say when it when it comes to photography like ever since i was a teenager i i found great satisfaction in taking beautiful photos of the food that i made or the food that i ordered at restaurants and when it came to the food that i made it was usually brightly frosted cupcakes <laughs> um which has now evolved i don't make brightly frosted cupcakes anymore not that there's anything wrong with that mm-hmm. um but my love for uh, taking photos of food made me then start a blog Mm-hmm. which I've been really bad at updating since I started my master's, but hey, that's by the by. And uh, on this blog, I primarily posted photos of the uh, recipes and the, and uh, that I made. And um, this blog then opened my eyes to sort of like the never-ending love that I have for food. I really, really love food. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Horton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code podcast to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Um, so after I finished my bachelor's, I decided to pack my bags and I moved to Scotland for a year and went to cookery school. So, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> what was that experience? It was amazing. Honestly, I just, it was, I think my, my really, my, my dream is to somehow work with food in one way or another. It's just really difficult because, so I have worked as a chef and physically it is so incredibly demanding. Mm-hmm. And you're just tired all the time and you have to work weekends. So I think I can't work in a kitchen. It's just, it's too difficult. But I would love to sort of get a marketing related job with food at some point in the future. I think that's the dream. Our 365 days of photography course is the ultimate learning experience for new photographers and even those with some experience. This course presented in bite-sized lessons teaches you step-by-step the essentials of photography and beyond. Get your discount code by visiting greatbigphotographyworld.com slash 365. Yeah, 
I think that would suit you perfectly. And you mentioned your blog, which I think I checked it out a few times and I noticed specifically the blog posts about Greece, which were yeah. filled with beautiful photos of food and very elegant landscape photos. And I realized it's difficult to take good travel photographs because you want to be present in the moment and you also want to take unforgettable pictures. So how do you balance that during your trips? Well, so <laughs> I think sometimes, unfortunately, I'm, I'm not very good at living in the moment mm. because I want to capture every moment. I want to be able to photograph every moment. And I definitely don't think that's something to be praised because I wish I was better at living in the moment. Mm. But I mean, ever since I got my first camera, it was like a small digital one and I was nine or 10 years old. I've been obsessed with catching moments. And I think this quality is probably what helped develop my skills as a photographer. It does derive from a sense of like fear of missing out. So <laughs> just the other day I was out for one of my COVID friendly walks and um, abandoned my boyfriend because I wanted to sprint up a hill to take a photo of the sunset because I was terrified of missing the sunset. And it's just this constant thing is that I always want to be able to capture the beauty in life. But that mm. also means that sometimes I forget to just enjoy the beauty in life for what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But so, I mean, this specific holiday in Greece that you mentioned, it was actually a sponsored trip. And I got to go on the, the sailing holiday for free in exchange for my photos which for me was a really fair deal because, well, it was like an easy exchange for me considering the fact that I take photos of everything anyway. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. FOMO is a real issue for a lot of photographers. And I think a lot of people associate FOMO with social media only, but in reality, it's a big part of our day-to-day -day lives outside of the internet. As you said, you are afraid of missing out on sunsets or really beautiful moments. And as a photographer, you feel like sometimes it's your obligation uh, yeah. to capture everything I feel that way very intensely and it's definitely it's a blessing and a curse because it's great that we're creative people but at the same time yeah we need to be able to be in the present moment and know when to stop it's yeah 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 and I mean FOMO for me is definitely it's been an issue for me way before social media was even a thing so mm -hmm. yeah definitely something I need to work on <laughs> how was it a thing for you before social media Whenever I spent time with my friends, I always wanted to capture sort of like the happy memories we were creating together. Mm. And I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like that, that sounds like I'm trying to make it a negative thing, even though, yeah, it's great because I actually have all of these lovely memories with my friends from when I was 14, 15. I have photos of all of that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, I forget to sort of just like put away the camera and just enjoy the moments for what they were. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it is an issue. I think most people can relate to that. It's a normal issue nowadays and even before social media. So yeah, but it's a, it's a good reminder from time yeah. to time to just stop a little bit. And, you know, for me, what works is to appreciate a moment, take a few photos of it, but know when to stop and just yeah. appreciate the actual real life situation of it all. Yeah, exactly. I mean, sometimes even like if you actually want to really push yourself, just leave your phone, leave your camera, leave everything at home and just... Go well. I mean, now I honestly I don't do very much these days because there isn't much to do. But you know, when I go for a walk, just don't bring stuff. Leave yeah. stuff at home. I think yeah. that's probably the best way to practice. I think so too. Yeah. I when I go for walks, COVID friendly walks, as you as you pointed out as well, <laughs> it does help to just leave my phone at home. If yeah. I'm out with someone, that it's safe and you don't really need to worry too much and you are very present in the moment when you don't have anything else to distract you it's just 
it's whatever you're working with. And at first it's kind of boring actually, because <laughs> you're so used to being on your phone, but yeah, it's, it's been great with time. You kind of get used to the whole present moment and appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. And it also teaches you how to be alone with your own thoughts. That's exactly. a skill as well. <laughs> it's, a skill, uh, it's a difficult one, but it's an important one. Yeah. I've been aware of your work for a long time. We had a little chat before I started recording about how long it's been since we've known each other and you know, <laughs> seen each other's names for the first time. I can't recall the moment, but it's clear that we've both been taking photos for a long time, making us uh, making us sound very old now. <laughs> yeah. What is the worst and best advice you've received throughout your photography journey? I'd say that the best advice is that re- lighting is so important. Yeah. Like having good light in your photos is basically, to me, defines whether the photo is good or not. Mm-hmm. The worst advice is is not so much advice as it is an observation, which is the idea that good photos can be achieved by simply buying more expensive equipment. I already mentioned this earlier. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Good equipment will get you a long way and it will help you take higher quality photos. But I do think more important, in my view, is to actually understand what makes a good photo. Like understand your gear, understand composition, understand good lighting. And then once you've done that, you can start working on on your own personal brand of photography, like what makes a photo yours. And I think only then can you really start to be an accomplished photographer. I agree with you. Yeah, those are really important things to keep in mind, especially for beginners. We're so tempted as beginners to just buy everything that's available. And for a lot of people, that's not an option. So they end up feeling frustrated. And it's just not fair, really. So it is so uplifting. And this is often mentioned in, in my other interviews, but it's so uplifting to know that you don't need to have the latest equipment. You can just use what you have. And yes, of course, one day you'll be able to upgrade. And hopefully that day will come soon. But in the meantime, you can make the most of what you have and take incredible pictures. Yeah. I mean, bear in mind that some of the earliest, most accomplished photographers just took photos with pinhole cameras, right? Exactly. Literally just a shoebox with a hole in it. I mean, if they can do it, why on earth do we need to spend $10,000 on photo equipment? It's ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, all the power to you if you can do that. And I mean, we all dream of it, I guess, but it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, not, it's absolutely not necessary in any way. Yeah. Another thing I've noticed about your portfolio is how incredibly good you are at taking sharp photos of animals, especially wild animals. And I've photographed a few wild animals throughout my life, but not really as much as you have. And what stands out to me is how sharp they are. And I feel like wild animals, they're, you know, they're moving out around a lot and you're excited in the moment to see them. So it's sort of, it creates a lot of opportunities to take very blurry photos. I'm curious to know how you achieve that sharp focus. Well, I think this goes back to your previous question, which is like learning, (laughs) getting to know your gear. Mm -hmm. I really like to take wide aperture photos, which lets me take photos with the really small shutter speed, Mm -hmm. which means that I avoid the sort of blurriness and the moving of wild animals. I've always liked taking photos of wild animals because they feel authentic. They feel really real. And this is key to photography in my view is that patience gets you so so far when you want to try to get the perfect shot and I I feel like I also do need to give a shout out to my boyfriend here who has the patience of a saint and literally (laughs) just stands back and occasionally rolls his eyes at me as I try to take the perfect photo but like if you are interested in taking photos of animals I say just take a deep breath don't get too stressed by your surroundings 
Like sometimes you might be in an environment where there are loads of tourists around you and you do obviously need to respect their need and their desire to want to get a photo as well. But take a deep breath. Don't get too stressed out. And if it doesn't work out, just try again. If the animal has run away, then, well, I don't know, view it as a learning experience. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, yeah. Not every shot that you want to take and not every shot that you want to be perfect will be perfect. It's just life and it's just the life of a photographer. And as you said, patience is definitely a virtue here, very important, and does help to have a partner who is patient as well. Uh, But if that's not a possibility, then you have to learn that within yourself and have to be able to experiment and know that you will at some point be able to take a really great photo of something that most people find difficult to photograph. So yeah, that's a good answer. Okay, Emma, my last question for you is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Ah, that's a, it's, it's a big question, but um, <laughs> I, uh, I find that my photos always turn out best when I have like a very clear, distinct subject. So like with food photography, I'm obviously taking photos of food. With animals, I'm taking photos of one specific animal. I really want to be better at, at taking things that don't have one specific subject, like taking landscape photos or city architecture photos, and even like interior shots. So I definitely need to get some practice in with that. So yeah, basically like photos where there's not just one specific subject in focus. I'd really like to nail that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good answer. Yeah, it's a, a very interesting answer because I feel, as you said, it's it's not easy to photograph one subject, but it's even harder to photograph several subjects and make the photograph look visually aesthetic and yeah. eye-catching and everything. So I understand that desire to do that. I'm sure you will sooner than later because you already do such a good job with so many different subjects. So I have no doubt that you will do a wonderful job at taking wider photographs of landscapes and such. <laughs> well, thank you. I do follow some great photographers on, on Instagram and other social media who can give me lots of inspiration. So that is definitely a blessing. It is. Yeah. It helps so much. It helps so much to have people that, you know, with similar styles to yours or even very different styles who just are creating the kinds of photographs that you would like to create in the future. It helps to have that as a visual reference. Even, even if you don't practice, I think it helps to just look at people's work because that indirectly sort of helps you practice, if that makes sense. It's just nice to look at beautiful photos, whatever the subject is. Exactly, exactly. It's something we all need more of, I think, especially. <laughs> I think time. so. Yeah. Well, Emma, thank you for being on the podcast. I'm so happy that we finally got the chance to meet virtually. I know. It was so nice. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, too. Bye. Bye. I really appreciate photographers like Emma who can take fantastic photos of anything and everything. The good thing about this skill is that it can be learned by anyone, including you. You just need patience and curiosity. I hope this episode inspires you to embrace the business side of things in your photography and to take different kinds of photos to keep you excited. See you next week! There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.